Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You know, a lot of people find that it's easier to be a human-centered leader when everything is going well. But when you're stressed or anxious, well, then it's easy to snap at your team, lose your temper, and undermine the culture that you've worked so hard to build. And if you have too many of these freak-out opportunities, these moments, your people will conclude that kindness is only for the easy times. So stress and anxiety, they're unavoidable. But you can lead through these times to build a stronger and more productive team. Hey, it's David, and you're listening to Leadership Without Losing Your Soul, your source for practical leadership inspiration, tools, and strategies you can use to achieve transformational results without sacrificing your humanity or your mind in the process. Welcome, glad you're here. And uh, we're talking about a topic that came up uh, this week, was on a call with uh, one of our clients, and he was noting that in their organization that one of the trends they've seen over the last two years is that there has been a massive increase in a lack of civility between coworkers, managers to teams, vice versa, you know, every direction. And uh, I, w- I had another encounter the other day. I was uh, at a running store. I won't mention the the name, but um, and the staff were lovely. I was getting a new pair of shoes for the year, working on my my running goals for this year. Over the back wall, I started hearing some arguments, and I don't know what all the gist was, but there was one individual who was just massively upset. All of the staff went back and dealt with the situation, and, and I asked the person who was helping me, I said, you know, is everything okay back there? She says, it is now. I'm, I'm sorry about that. And, you know, it was just, it was one of those things that was just weird. Like, okay, what's going on? Well, I... Uh, as I was waiting for some more shoes to come out, I went uh, and used the the restroom and had to go back into the back part of the store to do that and saw the person who had been upset and they were just beside themselves. I just slouched in a, in a chair, looked sad, defeated, discouraged, anxious, depressed. I don't know what all was going on, but definitely a human being who was in a lot of pain. Who knows what the circumstances were, but there were some challenges there. I don't know if they were a manager. I don't know if they were somebody who was frontline, been hired for two weeks. I have no idea. What I do know is that stress and anxiety and all of those issues are no strangers to leadership. If you're leading, there are going to be those times, and all of us deal with it differently. But we need to deal with it. We need to be aware that it's there, and we need to be aware of how it can impact us before we can lead our teams through it. So as we get going today, I just want to invite you to take a moment and think about for yourself, what is it that gets you stressed? When do those things happen? Let's focus in on those as we go here. Because, you know, as, as I said, we're no strangers to that stress and anxiety. And I can think of times in my career, one time uh, my organization, we were facing really significant financial stress. I was under pressure to deliver results that felt unrealistic. And after three or four weeks of that stress, two of my department heads, a couple of my direct reports came to me and said, hey, you're not David anymore. What is going on? How can we help? 
Well, apparently I had become terse, I was overly directive, I wasn't listening to feedback, and I was snapping at people. And as Karen and I were writing uh, Winning Well together, our first book, we were sharing some of these moments, and she had a similar moment where she had had some, some tough weeks, and there was this cocktail of challenges that affected her team's normally high performance. They needed strong results immediately, and she wasn't realizing how much her stress was showing on the outside. Till again, a trusted manager on her team called her and said, bluntly, you're changing. And so her normally supportive style had morphed into this frantic, controlling approach. And then a second manager followed up to tell her, your style works. Stay the course. We believe in you. We believe in us. We believe in the mission. Every one of us has your back. Just tell us what you need. So it happens. If it can happen to Karen and I, it's going to happen to most of us. And so despite your plans, your investments in people, the hard work, there are going to be times of stress. Circumstances change. Emergencies happen. An unforeseen ball is dropped. What happens next? Well, Karen and I were fortunate in both of these situations because our direct reports displayed incredible courage and compassion for us. And obviously self-interested for them and their teams, but they approached us with compassion and the truth. They chose the human-centered leadership that we had let our stress undermine, and they gave us an opportunity to course correct. And maybe that's something to remember the next time your manager is stressed and not leading at their best. In those moments, you have an opportunity to lead up. But let's focus right now on you. So I want to talk about five steps to maintaining human-centered leadership through stress and anxiety. And the first of these is to recognize what's happening. The meeting didn't go well. The numbers didn't come in the way you'd hoped. Your team member made a mistake. A competitor did something you never expected. One of your key partners just pulled out. What do you feel? Is it a tightness in your chest? Heat in your skin? Is there a thin sheen of sweat? That's your body acting like it's under attack. It fires up the response systems before we even know it. So if you don't recognize what's happening, those stress responses will start to short-circuit your human-centered leadership. So to maintain that human-centered leadership and reinforce the culture you've built and the influence you want to have, start by taking a few moments to acknowledge to yourself what's happening. Even just a short description to yourself. Okay, my body is stressed. I'm feeling anxious. I'm worried about what's next, what's going to happen to me, my team, to this account. When you acknowledge your feelings and the stress response that your body's having, it lessens their grip. You're less likely to snap at a team member when you're aware of those emotions. And there was a previous episode uh, last year where we talked about uh, mastery under pressure with Tina Greenbaum. And uh, if you want more on how to check in with yourself and recognize what's happening, she had some fantastic advice. So Tina Greenbaum, uh, Mastery Under Pressure, previous episode, would highly recommend that one. So after you recognize what's happening, the second thing you want to do is remember your why. Get yourself back to purpose. It's a, there's a temptation in stressful moments to react. I just want to do something, anything. But those reactive moments will often do more harm than good because they aren't connected to your purpose. You're not doing the work to get the numbers, to get the promotion, to be the best, or look good to your neighbors. 
even if those are often sources of the stress or anxiety, you're doing the work to make a difference to the people you serve, to your customers, clients, and team. So get back to your bigger why. In this moment of stress, what is the difference that you and your team ultimately make? How can you focus on making that difference right now? All right, so we've recognized what's happening. We've reconnected. We're remembering our why. The third thing we want to do is reassess what's happening and your resources. So you've acknowledged how you're feeling. You're connected back to your purpose. You're probably feeling a little more grounded. Now you're ready to start with some productive action. This is where it's time to take a hard look at the facts. We're going to reassess. As you list the facts of the situation, Examine them. Make sure they're objective, that they're observable reality and not just interpretation or fear. So, for example, you'll hear things like, we're getting crushed. Well, that's an interpretation. But if you're to say, our core offering is down 3% and our chief competitor is up 2%, now that's factual. We can do something with that. The next assessment is about risks and probabilities. So, again, what's at stake factually? Try not to catastrophize. What will truly happen because of the situation you're in? How big is the problem actually? Not just what your fear or anxiety was telling you, but what are the facts of the situation? What's at stake if it's not resolved? What are the probabilities of the worst coming to pass? What happens positively if you resolve it? Once you've got a clear picture of the situation and the range of consequences, take a look at your assets. What resources can you bring together to address the issue? Because you've often got more assets available than you think. And one of those assets is your team. And we'll go to number four here is reconnect with your team. Our teams brought Karen and me back to our human-centered leadership standards. Your team can help you solve the problem if you bring them in. Give them the facts. What's happening? What's at stake? Give them all the information they need to understand the issue as clearly as you do. Describe what a successful solution will accomplish. What does success look like here? And so depending on the situation, you could ask them for ideas or where people can help or you can delegate. Engage your team. Bring them in. Help them understand what needs to happen. You don't need to suffer or muscle through the problem on your own. That's a mistake that I made early in my career, and it's one of the things that I'm so grateful for learning was the power of bringing your team in, not having to have all the answers, but ask good questions and empower the team to help you figure it out together. Your people surprise you with their ingenuity and effort if you give them a chance. And finally, number five, respond. So you've centered yourself, you've connected back to purpose, taken a clear look at the situation, and engaged your team. Now, it's time to move. What's your path forward? Take that next step clearly and confidently. And if you do get more information that changes your mind, that's okay. It's okay to change your mind. Just do it clearly and communicate the reasons. Even if you're the most human-centered leader out there, you're going to feel stress and anxiety. It's normal. Acknowledge it. Tap into your purpose. Reassess your assets, the facts of the situation. Bring in your team. 
and then move forward together. And if this is a topic you want to dive more into, uh, we've talked to uh, Navy Se- retired Navy SEAL Jason Redmond's episode, uh, and he's got all kinds of suggestions and help for um, taking stock of your assets and overcoming adversity. Talks about some some really tough situations that, that he's been in the military. And, and then there are also um, previous episodes on managing your emotions and maintaining an even keel, even when that's not how you're feeling. And, you know, the one thing I would, I just would want you to know is all of, on this topic, everything I'm sharing comes from a very real place. It's not just head knowledge. Uh, I can deal with a lot of anxiety and I can get very fired up. I can be very intense. And people are surprised by that sometimes because I have a kind of a calm exterior, but it's real. These are real things. And if you want your people to be able to deal with them, you've got to be able to lead through them. All right, so let's shift gears here and take a question uh, from a listener who's writing in response to a previous episode. Hey, this is Nora, and I have a question. Hi, David. My name is Jamie, and I'm calling in from Maine. My question is about... Hey, David. This is Julian from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. This is John from Colorado Springs. This is Johan White from Kingston. I have a question for you. This is Cynthia from Baltimore. Hi, David. This is Susan from New Jersey, and my question is... Hi, David. This is Dean from Denver. I would love your advice on this. And as we head into today's question, I want to invite you to uh, submit one of your questions. I would love to answer a question of yours in a future episode. You can email me at david.die, D-Y-E, at letsgrowleaders.com, or go to leadershipwithoutlosingyoursoul.com. Click the big orange button, and you can record your question. Maybe we'll use it in a future episode. So I'd love to hear from you. And, uh, and while we're talking about interaction, love for you to leave a review of the show on your favorite podcasting platform uh, and to share the show with leaders, managers in your life and spread human-centered leadership and these practical tools as far and wide as we can. All right, let's get to the question. Uh, today's question is from Anonymous. I don't know that they meant intentionally or trying to be anonymous, but no name attached. So here we go. It is with regard to our prior episode, previous episode, about leading a more resourceful team. And the question is about these process-oriented folks, check-the-box people. So the question is, David, do you have any advice for dealing with a check-the-box person and how to help them become more resourceful? So if we go back to the the episode on helping your team be more resourceful, um, one of the things that we didn't talk about is that there are people who are naturally wired to be, uh, I would say, I call it a process orientation. There's a list of things and they like to check the things off the list and they have that kind of task focused and... um, and that's how they work. It's how they operate. One of the strategies that I find helpful, both for myself when I get into that mode or helping other people out of that mode, is to get back to why. It's to cultivate the ability for everything you're doing to ask why you're doing it. Why am I filling out this form? Why am I submitting this? Why am I doing this communication with the client in this particular way? And to always focus on satisficing the why, not checking the box. We can check the box and not accomplish the purpose of the item that the checkbox represented. So understanding the purpose and helping our team understand that 
the actual box to be checked is not just crossing an item off the to-do list, it's actually achieving the purpose that that item represents. So that takes some time, that takes some training, and you got to revisit it. So for some people, that's going to come very naturally, and they might go there automatically and, um, you know, sometimes even too far, and you got to pull them back in a little bit. That's okay. But if you have people who are more check-the-box folks, consistently ask them, okay, let's talk about that. Why are we doing that? The goal is this. Have we achieved that goal? Or did we just cross the item off the list? The important thing is to achieve the goal. And that doesn't mean we skip those items necessarily. It means we ensure that in doing them, we have achieved the ultimate goal. So first, you got to teach that. You got to teach that way of thinking. Uh, Then you need to help people re-engage with it, reinforce it, bring it up um, over and over. You can do that at team meetings. You can do that at uh, in one-on-ones, in your conversations with people. Revisit it. Say, so, all right, let's talk about the bigger picture here. And you don't have to do all of your tasks, all of your systems, all of the operational things at once, but break it down. Maybe this month or in this meeting or this team meeting, this one-on-one, focus just on these client interactions. And then maybe over here, we're going to talk about the way that we're processing data or whatever else is relevant in your regular work. How are we documenting that code? What is it that we're doing? How are we interacting with these patients? What's the why? Revisiting that why and asking, are we satisfying? Are we achieving that why? That will help people who are check the box people move out of just checking the box. But it's a habit that has to be built and reinforced. It doesn't come naturally to some people, but it is absolutely learnable and your team will be more powerful and more effective and you'll be a more effective leader as you get there. So appreciate the question from Anonymous and I will look forward to answering your question in a future episode. So today we've been talking about leading in a human-centered way, not sacrificing our soul or our humanity, even when we're feeling stress and anxiety. And the final word I want to say on this is if you are dealing with stress or anxiety and you're not finding it to be manageable, A, you're not alone. I've been there. Many, many other leaders have been there. There's nothing wrong, but get help. Sometimes it's as easy as talking to a friend and just unpacking it. Sometimes you may want to talk to a therapist or a counselor or a coach, depending on what you're dealing with. If your arm was broken, you'd go to the doctor and get that taken care of. If something else is not working for you mentally, emotionally, get the help you need. That's the strongest thing you can do in a situation like that. And you'll be a better leader for it, more compassionate, more understanding, calmer under pressure, more effective, and a better service to your team. Until next time, be the leader you'd want your boss to be. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.